Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited because I wasn't supposed to speak this morning or this afternoon. And yeah, at four o'clock yesterday, they're like, you're up. And I know when that happens that it's God, you know, like we can make all of our plans, but God directs our steps. And I think every church leader says amen because we make plans, but at the last minute, sometimes God does something different. And so I know that I'm on assignment this morning, this afternoon for our Balboa family and God has a word for us. And I really want to bring a word of encouragement. When you hear the title, you may not think that's the direction we're going, but it is a word of encouragement. And um, the title this morning is called The Perfect Storm. And, you know, they asked me to speak at Pathfinders Conference, and I thought, like, what what do I have to share with our Pathfinders? Um, I'm not going to, you know, tell you how to live off 50% of your income and how to crunch numbers and do your spreadsheets. Like, that's that's not the, you know the goods that I got to bring. But Pastor Charles, um, you really spoke into so many things this morning because I I knew God said you can speak on living a resilient life. And I think that's a message that we all need. Um, We're in an evangelism series right now. It's the season to be bringing people into the house of God. We have night of Christmas. There's going to be 30,000 people that are hearing the gospel and beautiful worship songs, Christmas carols, but they're worship songs reverberating all across our city. We're going to go into our twisted season, which we see more salvations on our productions than I even think on our, yeah, Easter Sunday. So it's an exciting time to be alive, to be a believer, and our life is meant to preach. It's not going to be, you know, the conversations and the billboards and the words coming out of our mouth, but it's our life. And I know many of us, we've come to church because somebody brought us or because we saw somebody weather a very difficult time in their life and it brought us closer and it brought us in. And that's why we're here today. So we're going to talk about living a resilient life. And um, a lot of us have been through, anybody been through a significant storm this last year? can be in any any way, shape. I just want to know who I'm talking to. Maybe you're in the storm right now. You're still there, but somehow you've come to church this morning. Good job. You made it here. You're in the right place. But um, in my experience, um, storms will do one of three things. They'll either drown you, they'll develop you, or they will destine you. And the thing about being in the storm is that it's so disorienting, right? You're in the middle of something that's unexpected. It can be financial, relational, just you name it, right? We we go through it. This is, this is the journey of following Jesus. We're going to find ourselves moments um, and moments where we're in the middle of a storm. And it's so disorienting that we often don't understand what's happening until we're on the other side of the storm. And we're able to look back and we're able to be grateful or we're, we're able to, to see what God was doing in the midst of it. But I want you to know this morning, no matter what the circumstance, the encouragement that I have for all of us is every storm is survivable. And I want you to write that down for the one that you're in, for the one that might be around the corner that, you know, you're going to be ready for. Every storm is survivable. And when I was 30 years old, it was the year I turned 30, I felt like my life was over. And 
I had gone through a very intense personal storm, Marco and I both, um, but what happened was I went through an intense battle with my mental health, and I was, um, I was so depressed, I was so anxious, I couldn't go one day without having multiple panic attacks, I couldn't sleep one full night of sleep without having a panic attack and thinking that I needed to go to the hospital and going through all these physical issues, and it wasn't that I wanted my life to end, I just couldn't imagine living longer under the torment that I was under. And so I remember it was my birthday and I didn't want to celebrate my birthday because I felt number one, that there was nothing to celebrate. And I thought this just means another year that I need to endure this. And so, um, it was like the lowest of the low for me. Um, and I remember Googling, how do you know that you're going crazy? <laughs> First of all, you should never go on Google, Dr. Google for anything. I Googled recently pain in my elbow because I thought, like, is this tennis elbow? And all I was wondering was, like, what do I do, you know? And all of a sudden, it was, like, elbow cancer. I'm, like, <laughs> literally something I've never thought about in my entire life. But now my elbow hurts a lot more. <laughs> and I, anyway, I Googled, am I going crazy? And literally, this is the only time Dr. Google helped me out. And it was, if you're Googling, am I going crazy, you're not going crazy. <laughs> because people that are going crazy, someone has to tell them. <laughs> and they don't know. So I was a little bit relieved in that moment. But um, I want to show you a clip of a movie that I watched recently. It was this last year. And while I was watching it, I just began to weep. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where this movie, I think, is probably like a nice family movie, and I'm having this intense moment with God because it's like ministering to my heart. And I realized, oh my gosh, there's a scene in the movie, and I thought, this is me. And so the movie is True Spirit on Netflix. Anybody seen it? Right? Nobody has seen this movie. Okay, this is what you're going to do today after church. You're going to go home and put on your PJs and watch this movie. But um, yeah, check. Amen. Um, and so I'm, uh, the movie is based on a true story, and it's the story of Jessica Watson. She's an Australian teenager who became the youngest person in the world to ever circumnavigate the globe on a sailboat, very small sailboat, solo. So she sets out for its 210 days in open ocean, navigating any possible circumstance that could be thrown at her. I'm like, who are your crazy parents, number one? Um, she's 16 years old, and so the, the story is beautiful, but you can imagine the types of storms somebody would face 210 days on the ocean, um, out in the middle of, of nowhere. And there's a moment where her family is all at home, and they're watching her on the radar, and they have all the technology, and they're able to communicate with her on her satellite you know, radio, and uh, there's a moment where they recognize where her boat is, and this is a true story, is um, in the middle of three different storm systems. And so any way she would redirect her ship, she's going to hit something. Um, but based on the timing, the storm systems are going to converge on one another, and she's going to be battling what they called, in the movie at least, a superstorm. And so I want to show you the scene where... Everyone's trying to get her out, and she decides, I'm going to go through the storm. Has anybody ever been there? <laughs> Pastor Becky's eyes are still closed. <laughs> I feel like there's some of us in the room today, and you know exactly what I'm talking about when I watch this movie, and you feel you're 15 feet underwater. And I remember this moment. Um, I had decided I needed help, like major help. 
big time help, my poor husband. And um, I said, I think I need you to check me in somewhere. And so we drove up to Orange County and I was admitted to like an outpatient psychiatric treatment center to one of like the most incredible doctors that since Justin Bieber's gone to see him, the Kardashians have gone to see him, but he was my doctor first. And um, they have all this crazy technology that they do to scan your brain and they realize, you know, psychiatrists are the only doctors that treat an organ they never look at. You know, they just guess and they just give you medication and they just say, we're not sure what part of the brain is working. You know, is it too much activity or is it not enough activity or what's happened to you? Or, you know, it's a very critical organ in your body and they say, let's just try this and see if it works. Let's just try that and if it doesn't work and it makes you worse, let's try something else and let's, now let's take 15 things. Um, and so this technology is they actually scan the blood flow in your brain and they understand patterns of, of what's going on and they can help you. And so um, they strap me to this like board where it's like a CT scan that you have to go into. And so they strap you down, they strap your head down and they're like, you can't move, you can't flinch, don't sneeze, like don't fall asleep. You're going to be in here for 20 minutes, but if you flinch, we have to start over. And I'm like, so this is what you do for people with anxiety and panic attacks. Cool. Okay. This is my first test. And um, so I was at the lowest of the low and I just felt like I couldn't be a mom. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I'd been a Christian for 15 years. We had been pastors for almost a decade at this point and I had lost hope. And so I'm in this machine and it's very dark and it's very small and I'm there with just with myself. My husband couldn't be there um, in the room where I was. And so um, I just began to have this conversation with God and what came out of my heart was, a decision that I was not going to let that storm take me out, that I was not going to die in this storm, that no matter what came on the other side, no matter what the results were, no matter what the doctor said, I wasn't, was not going to go down in the storm. And so don't worry, I'm not going to leave you on a cliffhanger. I want you to see what happens next. Jess? We made it. So what I didn't know then, but what I know now is that I was going to make it. And there was life on the other side of that storm. And that's the number one thing that I want you to hear this morning is you are going to make it. No matter what the enemy 
enemy has tried to throw at you this year. Some of us have gone through storms that were designed to drown us, but you're still standing. Give yourself a big pat on the back. You're still here. And, you know, some of us, we've gone through really difficult things, but they have trained us and they have prepared us and they have made us better and we're on the other side of it and then I really believe there are people in the room and I've been here several times where you've actually gone through a storm and you feel like your life has shipwrecked but you've actually landed in the place that God meant you to be. And so we're going to talk about these three different kind of storms this morning, Um, because when I was in the therapist's office at the end of this battle, um, end of the story, I made it. Clearly, here I am today. Um, But I said, you know, I just wish that, like, I could be normal. Like, I... You know, people have gone through worse things than me, and they're, like, doing just fine. They're functioning. They're, like, totally normal people. And here I am feeling like I have all these issues, and I'm the only one, and I, you know, I just wish that I could be normal. And she looked at me, and she goes, well, honey, I can tell you right now, you're not normal, and you're actually, you're resilient, and that is not normal. And so we are meant as Christians to live a resilient life, and not every storm has been thrown at us by the devil. I used to think this, we pray every storm away, but how many times do we see in the Bible that the disciples, they get in a boat with Jesus to the place he knew he was going to take them, and he's God, and he knows everything, and he said, we're going to go to the other side, get in the boat, follow me to the other side, and on the journey, there was a storm, there was a lesson, there was something that he was up to in the middle of the storm, so we're going to talk about all of these things, but... The first storm that we face is the storm that sinks. And so I'm going to double down on it because this has to be the first shift in our mindset. But 100% of the storms we face are survivable. And as Christians, this is the bedrock of our faith. Like this is what separates us from everyone else. We are going to go through storms that other people, if they were to face them, they would sink. They would drown. This would take them out. But because we have the God of the universe on our side in whom nothing is impossible, We're going to make it through some things. We're going to watch people in our lives get taken out by things very small. But because we have God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. This has to be the number one mindset we have if we want to survive. And I just want to give us a few scriptures. Romans 8, 28, like this needs to be memorized, stored in your memory bank. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes for them. And then Genesis 50, verse 20, this is Joseph on the other side of uh, many significant storms in his world. Um, He said, you and Intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And many of the storms that we go through, it's not just about us surviving. And that's what's so disorienting in it, because you can only think of keeping your head above water, but you actually don't know that your survival and your resilience and you making it to the other side is about so many more people and so many more lives that are going to be attached to just your surviving. So I want you to be reminded of that. And this has to be our mindset. Otherwise, honestly, like Jack on the Titanic, we might as well just let go and slip into the ocean because this is the only way out is to know that we're going to make it. Um, and, you know, we all know this, but it's not, it's not if the storm comes, it's when. And I know this doesn't sound like encouraging news, but I love that we go to a church that is fresh, real, and powerful. And if you've lived longer than several years, you know this anyway, because you've been through it. But um, 
I, I did a bunch of research on storms. I don't ask me why I do this at 1 a.m. all the time. I just start reading random information. And one thing, you know, you do it too. That's why you're laughing. And so I have a lot of information in my brain that I'll probably never need. But just in case, um, in a survival situation where you are deprived of food and water and shelter, it's the will to survive that actually is more essential than actually the water and the food itself. And so it's many people that give up, that they don't have this like mindset. They don't have this bedrock system built into their belief system that they're going to make it. And so they actually could survive situations that they didn't know. And it was because of their mindset. And so um, we're going to make it, guys. Point number one, we're going to make it. Point number two, and this is what I believe most storms consist of. And so I would say this is probably 99% of the storms that we face in life. It's the storm that shapes. And um, one of the main things that happens in the middle of a storm, and let's think of a sailboat, um, is you lose visibility. So the elements are so disorienting, and you, you, know, you could see the other side when you went out on the voyage, or you could see what was in front of you, but somehow you find yourself in a situation where you've lost all visibility. And um, this happened to me semi-recently. Well, this last year, I learned to ski last winter. I learned to snow ski. Parents, teach your kids to do things when they're little, because when they're like, you know, this high off the ground, it's like they're fearless. They can pick up anything. Learning as an adult with all sorts of irrational fears, um, it's really difficult. And so I'm like, God's like, you made a decision that you weren't going to live under fear. So now you're going to have to do this like in every area of your life. And so we got invited to go skiing. It was the last thing I wanted to do because when I was 13, I had a very embarrassing accident and I was like, I'm never doing this again. And so we went on a trip. Um, Dr. Matt and Michaela were in town in the same place. And so they're like, let's go skiing. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, I, yes. Like I never want to be like the weakest link, you know? So I just like pretend and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I love skiing. Like so awesome. I'm so good. And then, um, we, I thought my plan was that I was just going to stay in the lodge and I was just going to come up with some excuse. Like I had stuff to do. I didn't really, yeah, I bought the outfit so that I looked like I could ski, but then it made it more embarrassing because there was an expectation, you know? And, um, so I, they're like, you know, why don't you take a class? And so I took a class and about an hour into the class, like all I learned to do is put on my skis. Um, they, you know, they're like just teaching you how to do this in the snow. Um, I'm like, it's going to take a long time before <laughs> I'm going down the mountain. But they're like, why don't you meet us at the gondola at the ski lift? We'll go up the ski lift. It leads to a gondola. And then you take that gondola to the very top. And then it's like where they have the lodge and we'll have hot chocolate and it'll be so fun. And then you take the gondola back down. I'm like, okay. I can do this. So I go up the ski lift, which also is very scary, number one, um, and make it up the ski lift. And I'm like raised in Southern California. We don't know how to do these things. And um, we get to the top and they're like, oh shoot, like there, this isn't where the gondola is. Um, we're just gonna have to ski down. I literally had had a lesson for one hour. And so they're like, it's okay, we'll teach you. And then, you know, when you're on skis, like you go very fast. So they're like, we'll teach you for two seconds until they're already headed down the bottom. So my husband, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You had to be the person with me. But the in, just the incline to drop in was like, you know, like I'm not going to make it. Pretty much I'm already not going to make it. And so I'm like climbing down, somehow trying to figure out how to get down this steep incline. And then um, I did whatever like super faith-filled 
person would do who's overcome so many things. And I took off my skis and I sat down on the side and I started to cry. And I'm like, why did you do this to me? I hate Dr. Matt and Michaela. I never want to see them again. And I was so, there were a few expletives in some of these sentences, but I was like, I'm stuck on the top of a mountain. This is horrible. And He's like, we can call ski patrol, um, but you're going to have to like lay in a sled and go down this whole thing. I'm like, I also don't want to do that. And so um, I figured out somehow by the grace of God made it to the bottom and they're like, where were you? I'm like, just don't talk to me right now. Um, took me two hours to get to the bottom. But so I'm like, make, I double down on my inner vow and I'm like, I'm never, ever, ever going skiing again. Until a few months later, we're invited to go with Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, okay? Now I really don't want to be the weakest link. And Charles and Tessa were on this trip with us. Thank you, Pastor Charles, for babysitting me part of the time. Um, but they're also amazing skiers. Like, how is everyone I know an amazing skier? And so I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, we're so excited. Of course we're going to be there. Like, we can't wait. And they're like, we're going to ski three days in a row. I'm like, great. Um, and so, you know, Pastor Jurgen's like, it's fine. I'm going to teach you. You're going to be great. And I'm like, this is ultimate embarrassment, right? Like, you don't want your pastors to know that you're a baby and can't do anything. And so um, Pastor Leanne, we get up, we start going up the chairlift and it is a complete whiteout. Like it is the craziest blizzard you've, so I have no idea what hill I'm on. I don't know if it's a black diamond. I don't know if what it, what it is. And so she had these blue pants on and she said, Natalie, you're going to do this. You're going to make it. And I want you to follow my blue pants all the way down the mountain. So her and Tessa, Tessa's like phenomenal, like Olympic gold medalist. And she stayed with me as well. And they guided me through what was like, I could not see anything except for blue pants. And I knew if I went the wrong way, I'm going to be on a black diamond. I'm going to be on an, I'm going to be in an av avalanche somewhere. Um, but they guided me down and it was her voice that was telling me exactly what to do. I could see her and she's going fast. And so if I fall back into fear, like I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be stuck up there by myself. And so I had to go fast. And so my question to us is when we're in the middle of a storm, do we have somebody that we can follow out? Do we have somebody that's in our world in close proximity that we can keep our eyes on them, that we can hear the sound of their voice? And honestly, a couple years before, Pastor Leanne was just like me and Pastor Jurgen had taught her and even Tessa was teaching her and like she overcame these things I'm like if Pastor Leanne can do it I can do it when we hear these incredible messages of, of breakthrough and overcoming it's not just for that person but it's for us as well and so I want to challenge us in our world and like you're in the perfect place the church is the perfect place to find somebody that you can follow through the storm that can be your eyes when you cannot see and you've lost visibility but also recently um we were on a trip, on a vacation, and we went out to breakfast one morning, beautiful, um, you know, beach view in Mexico, and we're having a great breakfast, Marco and I, and he asked me just a random question about how something's going in my life, and it was like, how's this going with your mom? And it had been some significant things that had happened, and they were going on in my heart, and I just answered casually, and he's like, well, and he's here he is taking a page out of Pastor Jurgen's book, if you've heard the stories, and he says, I really just wanted to, like, share with you a couple things that I feel like you're 
you're not able to see right now. And it was a little bit of how I was responding, how I was acting, some things that were like crippling my life that because I was in the storm, I couldn't see it. I needed somebody who was outside of the storm that could tell me. And my first reaction was extreme defensiveness. Um, I was like, well, I also want to tell you some things about your dad and you are not perfect so um and i like the the more i fought like i act- i actually just burst into tears again sorry i'm telling you guys all the things but um And I put on my sunglasses, and I'm just so, like, blindsided by this conversation. But he did all the right things. He, you know, took me to the right place in the right time and um, did the very best he could. But it was me. I was the problem. And I I finally said, you know what? I'm so – I'm actually so upset because I know that you're right. And – I'm uh, right. And when we get, especially with, with our spouse, we get really crazy when we know they're right. (laughs) And now we're embarrassed because like, we can't admit it. We take, we already took it too far. And so I'm like, I'm embarrassed because I'm I'm angry because I know that you're right. And I'm also embarrassed because I see it and I don't want to be this way. And the fact that you see it makes me feel ashamed. And I feel like I don't know what to do about it or how to change. And so this began this process of me allowing someone to see something that I couldn't see, allowing someone to speak into my life. And I can tell you, like my closest friends in life, they're not always that nice to me, okay? And even my husband, he's not always that nice to me. And I say this in a, a funny way. You know, everything's usually packaged in a beautiful Nordstrom box and makes me think that it's a really amazing gift. But they're going to tell me the truth. And this is really important when you're in the midst of a storm because nobody wants a crew that actually knows what they, what the captain should be doing, but they're afraid to tell them. Or they've tried to tell them, if we just turn this way, we're going we're gonna to avoid the storm. But you, they've tried to tell you before, and you've gotten so crazy that they've just stop saying it. And so my question for us is, do we have people in our life that really know us, that really see us, and we've allowed them to speak into our life? We talk about this a lot in church, but sometimes if we were to really look, I thought that I was that person. Here, my husband's trying to tell me one tiny thing, and I'm like going crazy on him. But I'm so thankful that I had somebody close enough that I loved that lo- that I knew loved me and that he could tell me privately on a beach in Mexico in a foreign country where nobody could see me throwing a fit um, so that when I walked out into relationship with everybody else in my life and when I went to go live this big call of God that we all want to live like I wasn't exposing all of those things to the world but I was covered by people who loved me and so if you're in the middle of a 